Hi, I'm Bob Bales, and this is the Traveling Fool Podcast. And today, I'm going to take you to one of my most favorite places on Earth, the Philippines. The Philippines has gorgeous beaches, great people. I just absolutely love it there. But there's also places that a lot of tourists don't know about, and they don't visit. I'm going to tell you about one of those places today. So stay tuned. Philippines is a beautiful country. I've been there several times and I absolutely love it. They have beautiful beaches, very friendly people, and the hospitality can't be beat. The Philippines also has a rich history going back centuries. And part of their history, of course, is in World War II. Now people may or may not remember that the Philippines was invaded roughly 12 or 13 hours after the invasion of Pearl Harbor by the Japanese Imperial Forces. And a lot of people know about the fall of Corregidor and the Bataan Death March, but they don't always know the aftermath of what happened to the prisoners of war. And this is where the island of Palawan comes into play. Palawan is a gorgeous, gorgeous island. It's in the southern part of the Philippines. And the city of Puerto Princesa on Palawan is one of the Philippines' major tourist spots. People from all over the world come to visit this island paradise and witness the beauty. The island is also home to a very special museum. The Prisoner of War Museum on the island of Palawan is officially known as the Palawan Special Battalion World War II Memorial Museum. Now let me give you a little backstory here. In 1944, the area was controlled, as were the rest of the Philippines, by the Imperial Japanese Army, which had captured the country and held the people, along with the U.S. military, prisoners under brutal conditions. In Palawan, the American POWs were being held in order to construct a Japanese airfield. The prisoners were held under harsh conditions with little to eat and lack of any kind of medical care. Also during this time, there was a local doctor who was the Palawan governor from 1931 to 1938. And he organized the first guerrilla unit, A Company, in Palawan on February the 19th, 1942, three months before the Japanese occupation of the island. Captain Higinio Mendoza Sr. was a medical doctor and considered a local hero and a national hero today. His unit guarded the shorelines and watched out for any kind of enemy activity. The members of the Palawan Fighting 1000 Guerrilla Unit of World War II, as they are known, were instrumental in uncovering and executing Japanese spies. And as a result of the unit's success, the Japanese had him listed as one of the most wanted men in the country. On January the 7th, 1944, the Japanese captured Dr. Mendoza, and on January the 24th of that year, he was taken to an isolated spot on the island. There, he was made to dig his own grave, where he was shot and then beheaded. Now, we fast forward to December the 7th, 2011, which was the 70th anniversary of the bombing of Pearl Harbor and the invasion of the Philippines. Dr. Mendoza's son, 
Eugenio Mendoza Jr., also known as Buddy Mendoza, opened the Palawan Special Battalion World War II Memorial Museum in Puerto Princesa, dedicating the Palawan Military Museum to his father and the other brave guerrilla fighters who fought during that war. The museum boasts artifacts from World War II and other memorabilia that Buddy has collected over the years. From a World War II era Willie's Jeep to 50 caliber machine guns, rifles, pistols, photos, and documents that chronicle the war era, and that of the Palawan POWs, the museum brings to life a time which many people today never knew of. In 1944, the U.S. military had returned to the Philippines to liberate the islands. The U.S. had been sending flights over the island and had conducted a few bombing runs. The prisoners in Palawan, officially designated as Camp 10A, had dug air raid shelters in order to escape any bombs dropped on the camp. And these were basically just little underground tunnels or underground dugouts covered with bamboo or some kind of sticks or something to where they could, in sandbags, to where they could get in there and get away from the bombs. <clears throat> now, the Japanese Army had been seeing these ships passing by, and they had endured a few raids, so they knew that a landing force was imminent. With each bombing run or ship sighting, the treatment of the POWs just got worse. Now, on December the 14th, 1944, Around 2 p.m., the air raid siren sounded once again, and the POWs were herded into the air raid shelters. After they entered the shelters, the Japanese guards rolled up 55-gallon drums of fuel into the entrances, blocking the way out. They then commenced to douse the shelters with gasoline and set them on fire. With the prisoners screaming and attempting to escape, burning hell, the guards opened up with machine gun fire and began bayoneting and clubbing the prisoners to death. Initially, 30 to 40 prisoners escaped to the water's edge, hiding among the rocks or attempting to swim across the bay. The slaughter continued until dark when the Japanese guards were shooting the prisoners swimming in the waters and hunting them down among the rocks on the shore. Out of the 146 enlisted men and four officers held in the Palawan prison camp, Eleven men survived the massacre. Most of the survivors swam across the bay and were eventually rescued by inmates of Palawan's Iwahig Penal Colony, where several of the officials in charge there were involved with the local resistance movement. They managed to get those POWs back to the friendly Allied lines and repatriate them. It was then that the Allies discovered that the Japanese Army had decided on a systemic approach of getting rid of the prisoner of war in the Philippine Islands. And those POWs consisted not only of Allied soldiers from the United States and other countries, but also civilians from other countries and a lot of the local population. Now today, the site of that massacre is a tranquil park and the only remains are the main entrance gate and a memorial which now stands on the site of the massacre. But what that incident did was put into play an event that would become one of the most successful raids in U.S. military history, the raid at Cabana Tawan. Now, after the surrender of the American forces in Corregidor 
and following the Bataan Death March, many of those POWs were taken to a prisoner of war camp in Kabanatawan, which is north of Manila, where they endured horrific conditions. And after the incident in Palawan, where the American POWs were burned to death and hunted down, the American military was afraid that that was going to happen at other POW camps around the country. So what they decided to do was to stage a surprise raid. And on January the 30th, 1944, elements of the 6th Ranger Battalion, along with Philippine guerrillas, attacked the POW camp in Cabanatuan. And that raid became the most successful raid in U.S. military history. All but one of the 511 POWs were rescued alive. Japanese casualties were estimated at around 531, while there were two Rangers killed and seven wounded. There were movies made about the incident, and even today it's still studied in military war colleges due to the successful nature of the planning and execution of the plan. And like I said, today the site of the massacre in Palawan is a beautiful park. And that park is located in downtown Puerto Princesa, across the street from one of the large churches there. And you know, with the time since World War II fading away and veterans of that war rapidly dying off, it's the effort of people like Buddy Mendoza and others that continue to educate the younger generation of the sacrifices and the struggles that so many endured during those years when the world was at war, and to remember that some made the ultimate sacrifice. Now, the Palawan Special Battalion World War II Museum was located close to the airport at Rizal Avenue Extension in Puerto Princesa. And the location of the POW internment camp is now a park called Plaza Cuartel. I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, but it's C-U-A-R-T-E-L. And it's located adjacent to the Immaculate Conception Cathedral, the city's main church. So it just kind of goes to show you, if you get off the tourist path a little bit, you can really learn a lot about locations, the history, the people, and the culture of those destinations you visit. So until next time, my name is Bob Bales, and this has been the Traveling Floor Podcast.